podcasting industry is changing at a pace that is arguably faster than we've ever seen before. And that's leading to more fractures. It's leading to different trains of thought. And it's leading not only to walled gardens, but it's also leading to gatekeepers who don't even know that they're becoming gatekeepers. Let's get into that today here on the Podcast Accelerator. I'm, of course, Mark Asquith, the MD and co-founder of Captivate.fm, and we are going to talk about all things podcast industry, and in particular, why we need to respect the industry so that we can harness it, help it to grow, but also understand where we fit into this and what that might do for our own personal growth within podcasting, and of course, for our brands, for our podcasts, for our networks, and so on and so forth. It's very, very important because things do change. We just can't get around that fact. Things do change. Huge shout out to my last wonderful guest, Mr. Matthew Passy. That was the last episode here on the show. If you've not checked it out yet, I highly urge you, once you finish this episode, to go and check out that last interview with Matthew Passy. We talked about common podcast faux pas and what you can do to fix them. And if you enjoy that, well, we all like a beer, don't we? You can be like Josh and many others who actually enjoy this show so much that they send us a little tip. They go to mark.live slash support and they just say, have a beer on me, Mark, or have a Moretti on me. And I do. So thank you so much to Josh and everyone else that does support the show in that way. It means a lot and I'm glad that you find this content useful. All right, look, I've been in this industry for 10 years and since then I've seen it change from a fledgling industry with little revenue flowing through it and I've seen it flourish into a genuine media industry with billions in ad revenue available every year. I've seen the teething problems of a measurement industry. We're going through those teething problems right now. We want more money in the space, but actually we're sort of annoyed that the people spending money in the space want to see how that money's being spent. We've been through booms, we've been through all sorts of different phases, and there are people that have been in this game longer than me. And we've all seen the industry change, and I've spoken about podcasting becoming a genuine industry many, many times, but right now we are at an inflection point in the journey of podcasting. And there are a couple of ways that we can approach it mentally. We can either embrace it and do our bit to innovate, or we can do what some people do and we can shout loudly, this is not what it was, so it can't possibly be good. And we can let the industry pass us by and we can keep shouting that until one day we wake up and realize that actually we don't have a place in the industry anymore or certainly not as prominently as we did. And that's really sad. So let's figure that out. Now, I'm going to talk about a few different things. I'm going to talk about the different phases that I've seen in the industry. I'm going to talk about walled gardens, YouTube, Spotify. I'm going to talk about open podcasting. I'm going to talk about the whole, it's not a podcast if it's not RSS or if it's on YouTube. I'm going to talk about some of the more chilled out listeners who don't care about any of that. I'm going to talk about the whole, the big talent is coming for our audience. And I'm going to talk about actually conferences, which I think is quite important because they they are representative of the industry. They are the place within which the industry gets together. And I've seen so many conferences change and develop and, you know, where they were one thing before they've had to become something else. And there's nothing wrong with that because that is, it's, it's, a, it's a reflection of the industry. They are representative of the industry at any given time. And that's really, really useful. So let's get into that a little bit later as well. So look, I've seen a few different phases in the podcasting industry. All right. So these dates don't hold me to them. These are just sort of off the top of my head, rough 
dates for the different phases that I've seen in the industry. All right. So I saw like the curious tech tests. So when I say tech, I mean technology, of course, the curious technology test from about 2014 to about 2017. So this is where companies like us, uh, when we first started podcast websites, companies like Clamour, companies like even Squadcast almost about that time, we all sort of started to come about Zencaster, uh, Colin at Ali2 was starting to kick around then. He was doing the podcast host, but it was it was very much a content outlet at that point. And and, and the curious technology test phase was where we, we looked at the incumbents, the Libsyns, the Blueberries, even Buzzsprout. They've been going a long time. I count them as a as an incumbent. That you know the incumbents are fine, they're just all right, they do what they do. And what happened was that people came into the industry and started to just think, well, what actually? Why don't we, instead of just saying, look, this is what this is what podcasting is, why don't we just try and challenge it a little bit? So why don't we make things a little easier to help people get into it? And, I, you know, there are a lot of people doing this, a lot of companies that came into the space to, to do this. We were one with podcast websites where we said, well, look, people want WordPress for their website at that point. And that was the thing that everyone needed and wanted because it was the best option. But actually... Putting it all together, you know, attaching your hosting to it if you want to use, you know, any kind of RSS feed based plugin as well. It can be quite complex. Now, nothing wrong with that kind of, you know, frankly, you know, tacking it together yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it was too complex for the general public. All right. So we, we did things like the managed WordPress service that did everything and it worked. It was fine. And there was a lot of people doing that, you know, technology testers just pushing the boundaries and saying, actually, could we just make it a little bit easier to do X, Y, and Z so that actually more people would have less barriers? Then there was the media interest and the startups. So this is from about, in my view, about 20, 2016, 2017. So this is like post-serial, okay? 2017 to about 2019, where we had companies getting specifically into podcasting, like, let's use Wondery as an example, or... You know, any of those companies, Wonder is a great example, so we'll just stick with that one. And they came into podcasting with the idea to make high-quality, top-tier podcasts that were well-produced and that were cast in such a way that they could um, they could use the same kind of voice cast, they could use the same kind of branding and marketing, and in particular the IP, the intellectual property, to, if they wanted to, migrate that content to TV shows, to movies, to books, to tours, to live shows, to whatever, all right? And then we got a lot of startups coming out that dealt with that. So a lot of studio startups, again, Wonder is a great example. And we had people like, I suppose, the technology startups as well. So like even people that, you know, we don't really hear much about like Himalaya and people that came into like a, a, the, the range of podcast hosting, dedicated podcast hosting companies like Captivate, like Transistor, that came around in this space. Because with the previous phase, the technology testers, like what we did with podcast websites, we tested, is there an industry there? Is there something there? There was. And then we, we actually, you know, we formed these newer startups and, and, and a whole range of them that just went out there and said, we don't have to do things the way it's already been done. And we're going to take that and we're going to scale it. We're going to bring it to everyone. We're going to put some effort into building brands and marketing it. And that happened, like I said, not only on the technology side, but on, on sort of the production side with the Wonders and even like Grim and Mild through Aaron. Um, and then some of the independent podcasters like Jordan uh, Harbinger, obviously, you know, started to scale their shows through 
the ability to learn the marketing route for their shows, okay? And then we got the boom, the acquisitions, the big money, the Spotify mega investment, 2019 to, I would say, sort of 2021, 2022, early 2022-ish, where there were a lot of technological acquisitions. You know, there was the Stitchers, the Simplecasts, there was Captivate, acquired by Global. We've just seen it very recently um, with Squadcast, which arguably is, is the outlier now, because um, in, in my view, it happened post-boom, which is fantastic. Um, and, and we saw a lot of acquisitions in the space. We saw Spotify acquire not only technology, Megaphone, and, and so on and so forth, but we saw we saw production companies get purchased by Amazon, Wondery. We saw... Um, People like um, The Ringer and so on get acquired. We saw exclusives like Joe Rogan. We saw exclusive deals that may or may not have come to fruition, like the Markle, Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry setup and the Obamas and so on and so forth. So we saw a lot of this sort of stuff. And then we saw the acquisition of talent and, and, and sort of this, in my view, this, this, this trend for acquiring podcasts as a media company based on minimum revenue guarantees, um, where we assumed podcasts were going to do really, really well for the company and where they perhaps didn't deliver, which then led to the phase that we're in now, which a lot of people have reported on this publicly and said, oh, it's declining, it's declining. It's not declining. It, I call this the questioning, questioning phase, and it turns out that's really difficult to say, the questioning phase. All right, now what I mean here is that, I don't know, let's say sort of early 2022-ish, maybe mid-22, we, we, we saw that things seemed to slow down. Acquisitions slowed down of technology. Acquisitions of production companies. Acquisitions of talent slowed down. And everyone sort of thought, well, this is a bit of a, this, this is this negative. What's going on? And all it was was that people, it's like anything. It's like the dot-com boom. People invested in things in podcasting, in particular talent and in particular networks and shows without really a decent business plan. So we saw that under Dawn, uh, I think it was Dawn Ostroff at, at Spotify, where it just, it was just about a grasp for land. It was a land grab. Who can acquire the most talent for the biggest numbers at the biggest time to get the biggest PR so that their platform looks like it's the best place for podcasts, all right? But coming off the back of that, obviously what happens is that after a couple of years, you have to start reporting that to people. How has that acquisition gone? Which has led to this questioning phase. Well, actually, you know, it's not gone that well. The, the revenue's not done what we expected it to do. The numbers have not been what we expected them to be. Um, so we need to rethink. We need actually, every time we acquire something, we need to have a business plan. We need to have logic. We need to have a method for scaling. So this is the phase we're in now. These things haven't stopped. We're starting to see new shows that are put together really well, such as the news agents through Global and Captivate. Um, and Persephonica, where you've got immense talent. You know, you've got Lewis, you've got Emily, you've got John. Fantastic, outstanding talent. Unbelievable talent. Big investments, but highly considered, well thought out, highly measured. And it delivers, okay? And to sort of counteract the whole, well, you know, the industry's slowing down. Look at what's happening with the listenership. We know that that's not going anywhere. That's continuing to rise. We saw a report only a couple of weeks ago that podcast listening for the first time in the US has um, outranked and outpaced live radio listening for the first time ever. And acquisitions, 
yes, they've massively slowed down. But we still see them. We saw Squadcast become part of Descript a few months ago, a few weeks ago even. And yeah, they're not as fast-paced, and I don't think the valuations are as good. I don't think the terms... I'm not saying this is this is not related to the Squadcast acquisition, because I've got no idea about those terms, but I, I my gut tells me, just knowing the startup world, how I do, and the business world, and the podcasting world, and the sort of Venn diagram in the middle of all those three, I don't think the term sheets are as good as they were two years ago. I just don't. I just That's fine. And that is what it is. It's ups and downs that, ha- that happens in startup land, all right? And... I also think that we are, we're, we're sort of in this questioning phase where measurement is key. You know, everyone's asking, what is, what is podcasting? We thought it was going to be this big thing. What is podcasting now really doing for us? We've acquired all this talent. We've acquired all these things, but what is it really doing for us? So we're questioning it. Our, our dollars well spent in podcasting. We're questioning it. How can we measure things? We're questioning it. Is direct response as good as brand positioning when it comes to advertising styles and, and, and outcomes and goals. Well, we're testing it. We're questioning it. And that's, that's getting a lot more attention now, which it needs to. We need to be measuring more. We need to be doing better with measurement because otherwise people aren't going to spend money unless they know how it's performing for them. That's sadly a fact. Brands aren't going to turn this into a $10 billion ad revenue business every single year without measurement without proof that this works, all right? That is, uh, you can hate it, but that's a fact, all right? But we've also got this other strand of technology, uh, a phase that we're in at the minute, which I'm calling it, <laughs> it's a revisit. It's a, we can solve that problem with new tech revisit. It's all the stuff that we did in 2014 and 2017, you know? Oh, let's let's create a platform that shares clips, but now we're going to say it's done by AI, right? Cool, that's fine, That's that's what that's great, you know? Everything three years ago was the Netflix of podcasting. Now it's AI. That's cool. There's phases. Some of it will stick. Some of it won't. Um, but the fact of the matter is that the like the tech never really solves that many more problems. We just push the boundaries and we increment it. So we, you know, let's say that we could have solved a problem three years ago with something. Now we can solve the same problem with a similar thing, but there's an extra five percent to the solution, which might be the AI aspect or something else. And, and we're in that phase now where so many other startups are coming in and saying, you know, a lot of them are saying the same thing. We'll write show notes using uh, Whisper or ChatGPT or whatever. All right, cool. That's fine. Nice one, you know, but there's 50 of them doing it. It's all the same stuff. And that's happened before. You know, like I said, we've had the boom of, well, the Netflix of podcasting. That was the thing. And then before that, it was social sharing and clipping and then social commentary and social commenting. Cool. All good stuff. Fine. Some of it will stick. Some of it weren't, all right? So, so so, for me, like, they're the phases that we've gone through. And the reason I say all that is that phases always come around. I'm seeing people with haircuts now that I had in the 90s, all right? And I never thought I'd say this, but I've become my parents. I remember my parents in the 90s saying, oh, we used to wear clothes like that. Oh, no, you didn't, mum. You can't possibly have worn clothes like this. And guess what they did? And it's happening again now. I'm seeing it again. I'm, I've become the parent, you know? And... That's what, that's what happens in tech. It's what happens in podcasting cycles, all right? So we shouldn't be surprised by that. Now, the reason that I mention all that is because these phases will never go away. They will always change and they will always repeat themselves in some form or another. However, the industry has changed. The industry has grown up. The industry has moved. And here's the honesty, okay? Up until about 2020, maybe 2019... The industry, frankly, was pretty small, 
All right. And everyone said, well, why doesn't Apple care about podcasting? And I'm not saying they do, and I'm not saying they don't. That is not what this is. However, let's, for argument's sake, say that they don't care about podcasting. And they didn't back in 2019. Why would they? It was a tiny industry. I'm pretty sure I ran some maths a few years ago that said the entire industry of podcasting as reported back in about 2019 was worth about two and a half, three days revenue of Apple's general business. Why would they care about podcasting? Okay. But that's changed. Now they take 30% of your subscriptions or whatever it is, because it's changed into an industry. It's bigger. Big brands are in the space. Big talent is in the space. And before it was a small cottage industry, even at a billion dollars a year, it's a small industry. And it was a cottage industry where everything was driven by tech and passion. And it should be. And that is the essence of open podcasting. There's nothing wrong with that. We should nurture it. We should protect it. But walled gardens don't affect this too much. Here's the thing, all right, that we've got to stop crying about too much. Walled gardens don't affect that too much. How has your podcast stopped growing because Spotify or YouTube has come along. It probably hasn't. It probably hasn't. Okay, let's be completely honest. Unless you are doing something like Jordan Harbinger does, which is market his show to the nth degree, the guy is a worker. How can you expect it to grow? Regardless of whether Spotify has their own ecosystem or not. Without the work, nothing's going to grow. Like We can't blame a walled garden for that. But I do understand we've got to protect open podcasting because open podcasting allows us to do things our way. But because podcasting is such a bigger industry now where we've got media companies that want to produce media, that want to produce highly produced shows, the brands and the advertisers that work with those shows need more metrics. They need something to to hook to, to prove that it's worthwhile. And the only way to do that is to give them data. And the only way to get data is to control the, the ecosystem. And the only way to control the ecosystem is a walled garden. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it. And I'm not saying that it's um, podcasting should become a full walled garden. It shouldn't do, of course. Open podcasting is vital. But we've got to stop crying about YouTube. We've got to stop crying about Spotify. We've got to stop crying about anyone building a walled garden because you can't say that you want your industry to be a $5 billion industry, that you want the people that have got maybe 10 grand a year to spend on podcasts that, you know, how are they going to know that podcasts are a good investment unless they see their counterparts that have got a million quid a month, a year, sorry, to spend in podcasting advertising in podcasting. It's how it works. You see something working for someone else. You hear HelloFresh and suddenly your meal prep company down the road from me here over in the UK, they think, well, maybe I target the Huddersfield or the Manchester or the Leeds or the Sheffield or the Barnsley or the whatever gyms and the podcasts in that area. And we just do a local campaign at a grand a month. Now, if I run a podcast in this area and I get a grand a month from it, that's a win. But unless they've heard HelloFresh do it on a massive show on Spotify, how do they know that it exists? Because you aren't knocking on their door. Okay. So we've got to get over this fact, right? Walled gardens are generally fine. What is the problem that you personally have faced as a podcaster with Spotify or YouTube or anyone else? Probably none. Probably none. 
Let's be honest, all right? Probably none. We can't say we want more money in the industry. Expect that to come with zero measurement, zero end-to-end first-party data, and then complain when companies build media platforms that allow that end-to-end measurement and control of their own first-party data. It's just how business works. And here's the fact. Podcasting is a business. The, the, the business of podcasting 10 years ago was suppliers like us. We were the people that were pushing revenue through the business and the industry. People were paying us. We were reinvesting it in conferences and so on and so forth. All right. Now it's not. It's a media business. And for it to thrive and survive and for my mum to be able to understand what a podcast is, she needs to see the word podcast somewhere seven, eight, nine, ten times. That's branding and marketing. We know those numbers, all right? Are you going to do that? Are you going to put the money in to do that? Is your hosting company going to put the money in to do that? Is Apple Podcasts going to put the money in to do that? No, but Spotify and YouTube are. So now people know about podcasting that didn't. And now they understand that they can get podcasts somewhere. And if you say on your podcast because they might come across it. Guess what? You can listen on Apple Podcasts and these other apps as well. That's our job. Not to complain that there's a walled garden. If you don't want people listening in that walled garden, tell them that they don't have to. Don't avoid the walled garden. Don't put your head in the sand. It's ridiculous. All right? Because here's the thing. We actually grew as an industry from a place where no one knew about podcasting. The original walled garden of podcasting was ignorance. The original walled garden was ignorance. It is no surprise that podcasting and listenership and awareness of the term has shot up since big brands started saying you can listen in our app. Look at the correlation. The original wall garden was ignorance. No one knew about podcasting. So Spotify, etc. Yeah, they take a little bit of audience. That's fine. But we still generally have more people than we've ever had listening via other open methods. And if we are staunch supporters of open podcasting, it's our responsibility to talk about it, but not to poo-poo other things, because that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. You show your naivety and you show your small-mindedness when you start to ignore things because you're scared of them. You can't do that, all right? If I entered the podcasting space with podcast websites and Captivate and I was scared of Libsyn, scared of Blueberry, Buzzsprout and Podbean, we wouldn't have got anywhere. Instead, I respected them. I got to know them. I became friends with them. I advocate for them. But I also understand where they do things that we can do better and where we can innovate. And I also understand where they do things better than we do because they do things that we just don't want to do, that we don't enjoy, that we don't believe in. And that's fine too. But you can't bury your head in the sand, all right? You can't bury your head in the sand. One of the other things that people generally have a little whine about now is this whole... It's not a podcast if it's not RSS or if it's on YouTube. Oh, come on. Like, it is. All right? It is. Granted, it's not the most technical term for the podcast. I agree. The traditional definition, let's be honest, 
is audio or whatever video delivered via an RSS, which includes an enclosure to deliver that media. I get it. I get it. I run a company that is threatened by RSS going away. Please understand that when I say this, all right? I understand it better than anyone, at least as good as all my counterparts in the other hosting companies. But about five or six years ago, I put a piece out saying that hypothetically, we don't need to deliver audio to podcast apps via RSS. It's cool if we do, because that's open and we can, even if we want, we can code our own standards. We can progress the open standards, podcasting 2.0 and so on and so forth. That is fantastic. And we should be doing that. I can't stress enough how much I believe in open podcasting, but we've got to just get off this. It's not a podcast if it's not RSS or if it's on YouTube, because no one gives a shit. No one cares. No one cares. We do in the industry. Of course we do, because we want open podcasting and we should do. But my mum and the builder that work on my house and the, or the, the, the person that I see at the gym, right? They don't care. And I would rather they said, I watch a podcast because they do, right? Most people now, when I talk to people new to consuming podcasts, say, yes, I watch podcasts. That is a, that is a fact, all right? It's a fact. They say that, all right? And we've, again, we can't keep our head in the sand. We can't keep tweeting and being snarky and being just silly saying it's not a podcast if it's not RSS or, you know, the response to someone saying, I really enjoyed this podcast. And I see people doing this like industry quote unquote influencers that really don't have any influence saying things like, well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that, but it's not a podcast. Like I've seen it. You just look a fool. You look a fool, all right? It's, this is usually said by people who don't like to see change, are resistant to new ideas, and some of them are the ones who shout really loudly, give the appearance of doing something in the industry, but actually haven't done anything. It's easy to talk, isn't it? But it's much harder to do, especially if you've got to embrace discomfort. Now, I realise that's contentious, and you'll probably tweet me, and you'll probably have a cry at me. That's all right. I'm okay being the voice that gets that, okay? The thing that we've got to understand, right, is that we can believe all of that stuff and we can advocate for open podcasting without crapping on other things like YouTube and Spotify. Because if my kid wants to get into podcasting and she goes, do you know, I want to watch this podcast on YouTube or I'm going to listen to it on Spotify, but actually it's bonus content that was delivered via an API. I'm not going to go, I'd rather you didn't listen to that. I'd rather you didn't. Why? Because it's not delivered via RSS. Or if you do listen to it, can you please just never call it a podcast? That'd be great. That's like me saying to my dad or someone else, or you, I appreciate you cleaning up, but can you not call it hoovering? Can you call it vacuuming, please? Or it's like me saying to my mum or to my sister, that's cool. I know you really need that information about when your kid's school's open, but just a little quick one for you. Can you not say that you're going to Google it? Can you say that you're going to use a search engine to enter a search query and retrieve some index results that may pertain to the answer that you need. How stupid does that sound? And the point is that as, as, a, as, as leaders in the industry, all right, as thinkers in the industry, we have to stop being idiots when it comes to how we brand ourselves, all right? If you're a leader in the industry 
And if you go out there and say to someone getting into the industry that's just listening to podcasts for the first time, yeah, that's cool, yeah, yeah, but I, you can't really call it, call it a podcast because it's not delivered via RSS. They're just going to think you're a fool. Yeah, and when I've seen it a thousand times and I hear it a thousand times, I have meetings with people and I have people coming to Captivate who say, I didn't go to this company or work with this person because they just sound like they want to gatekeep it. And I, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Podcasting has changed. All right. It's all right if the builder says, I want to watch a podcast. And I just say to them, dude, that is fantastic. You can also listen like on Apple Podcasts if you want. Or I really like this other app. It's called Good Pods. And that, oh, what's that? That's our job. That is our job. All right. And we have to embrace it. Now, I know this has been a bit of a rant, but no one says this stuff. No one says this stuff. Hate Spotify as much as you want. That's cool. Hate YouTube as much as you want. Whatever. Advocate for open podcasting like we all do. Captivate is one of the most podcasting 2.0 featured hosting platforms on the planet. No one believes in open podcasting more than we do. However, the way to influence and to change is not to cry and shout or to put other people down for having a less of an understanding and saying things that you might disagree with. In a way that is naive to them. They don't know any better. They are not a 10, 15 year veteran of the podcast injury. They don't, they don't care about your RSS tags. All they care about is which app do I open to enjoy this content? And is it on my TV, my computer, my phone, my iPad, my watch in my car, whatever. And that's how we need it to be. We want barriers to be removed. So let's remove the barriers, not put new ones up by saying things like, oh, it has to be RSS for it to be a podcast. Like I said, years ago, I speculated that we could deliver podcasts um, like we do with bonus content to many places via API or whatever. And like I've said it before, a lot of the a lot of big thinkers, and I'm doing that in big air quotes because they don't seem to think that much, said I was an idiot. They poo-pooed it. They said, no, you don't know anything about podcasting. Uh, you know, These were people that shout a lot, but don't really do anything. They were there 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they sort of, you know, they just ride that wave of goodwill. And that's cool. We should respect the past and we should respect what people have done. But what have you done recently? What have you actually done to change this into an industry? All right, that is really, really cool. When we see people doing that, look at someone like an Adam Curry. You can like him, you cannot like him. That really doesn't matter. But to this day, he and Dave are still pushing open podcasting. They're still developing actively open podcasting and whatever. That's cool. All right. That's, that's doing something. So this is what we've got to think about. All right. And, 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 and I think we've got to start thinking about this whole, the big talent is coming for our audiences BS as well. Cause it is BS. All right. If I've got a golf podcast, which I have, I love golf. And if I've got a star Wars podcast, which I have, I bloody love star Wars and Mark Hamill creates a podcast and Tiger Woods create a podcast and they get all of the eyes on at all the conferences I can't be annoyed. I can't because they—that's what they do. That's their job—is to be Tiger Woods and Mark Bloody Hamill. Of course, people are going to want to see them, not me. But guess what? I can talk about them. I can talk about their shows, and I can encourage them, and I can do my best to understand how the algorithms work and how the search engines work to make sure that my show gets surfaced as best as I possibly can alongside them. I can review their shows. I can do something with with that. 
And, and, and so the, the big talent isn't coming for our audience. The big talent is coming for its own audience that wants the talent. So what I mean here is they want to listen to the Mark Hamill podcast, to the Goal Hanger podcast, to the News Agents podcast, all right? They want to listen to that stuff for the people that are on it. That then, all they're doing is teaching people, again, let's use my mum, they're teaching people like my mum that podcasts exist. And it's our job to make sure that we have content that also serves that new person to podcasting. Okay? That big talent is coming for our audience, or they're getting all the attention, they get all the limelight. It's rubbish. I've been to conferences where there were 30 people. All right? And those same conferences now have a thousand people. And... 600 of them might go for the big talent and sit in the big talent, but 400 of them or 370 of them are people that weren't there before anyway, that don't care about the talent. They're there for other things. Everything's growing and we need big names. We need big people to, to get general public interested in what we do. And it, we can't say we want more listeners if we're annoyed that talented People, even people that we don't think are talented but have got a name for themselves and a platform, we can't complain if they bring the general public into our sphere. We've got to go and get it. We've got to go and get some of the audience that they bring in. No one has a right to just say, oh, you know, I deserve an audience. Go and get the audience. Go and get your audience. And I think that is reflective of the conferences as well. I see a lot of people complaining. I saw it at the podcast show. I've seen some tweets about podcast movement. Oh, it's too corporate now, right? What would you prefer? Would you prefer a conference that makes no money where you can knock about with your mates and hear the same stuff about three ways to market your podcast and how you're going to create, grow, and monetize a podcast? Now it's the golden age of podcasting and now you've got to do a bloody lead magnet and all that stuff that we've heard every single year from the same people for 10 years and 15 years would you rather go to a conference that makes no money and do that? Or would you rather the entire industry grew up and we get conferences that are profitable that, yes, of course, have got to find new feet? Podcast Movement, the podcast show, PodFest, they started tying it, now they're not. I, I, I don't disagree that they have to continually adapt and find new feet. However, they have got to hit the industry Okay, they've got to fairly represent all of the industry and they do just because they don't represent us as much as we'd like or as much as we might have had in the past doesn't mean that it's unfair. It means that things have changed. And again, if you don't like it, go and go. If you want to go, let's say the podcast show, podcast movement, podfest. If you think that your niche or your indie podcaster is not being represented enough because look, there are now 10 more corporate talks or company talks or talks about advertising revenue. Why don't you put a meetup on? Still go to the conference, but just put a meetup on, on meetup.com. Speak to the organizers of the conference. Get 100, 200 people into a bar. You don't have to pay anything, but do something. Do something. Do something. Okay. Now, the conferences I do understand are a challenge. I understand it's difficult, especially because of the prices of everything are going up. Air travel has got expensive. Hotels have got expensive post-COVID. But 
The bigger conferences exist to put podcasting the industry on the map. If you want a smaller conference that's just for indies, there are a lot of those. And they're great for that, all right? But if you choose to go to an industry conference, you are going to an industry conference. And it has to reflect the current state of all elements and angles and perspectives of the industry. Okay? That is a fact. And I'm sorry that it can be difficult for us. I'm sorry that it doesn't feel like it used to do. Don't get me wrong. The conference, I've done thousands of conferences. Jared Easley used to joke that I was pretty much an American because I was there that much, all right? I've done conferences with 10 people up to conferences with tens of thousands of people. I've been at, I've seen everything when it comes to conferences, right? There is something for everyone, but pick your battles, all right? If you want to go to a small indie podcast conference, Go to a small indie podcast conference. Don't go to a a big conference that is clearly an industry conference that says it's an industry conference and complain that it wasn't indie enough. And likewise, don't send your corporate people to an indie podcast conference if you want to talk about deep advertising and measurements. It's just that there used to be one audience in podcasting, which was indie creators. Now there just aren't. There are more, more types of people in podcasting. So I really feel for the conference organizers because you're always going to annoy someone. You're always going to piss someone off because everyone wants something for themselves. Everyone wants something different. And I get that. You've paid your money. You've put your money into it. I understand. But if you're not happy with it, do something create a meetup, get the support of the podcast show organizers from the podcast show, podcast movement, podfest, wherever I'm using those three because they're the biggest, but do something, speak to them and say, look, last year, you know, we found it difficult uh, to mingle with the right kind of indie creators that we wanted. Would you mind if next year I put on a meetup or a workshop? Guess what? They will say yes, because they're all good people. Everyone is. There are few bad people in podcasting. All right. So like, I know that's a bit of a rant, but I feel like I need to just get, I sort of get that out there because I'm seeing so many people almost forcibly want to fracture the industry when instead, if they use that thought process and their thinking and their, their willingness to get involved, if they use that to stand up for the very same things that they are standing up for now, but to do so in a constructive way, I just feel like we'd all be better off. And that's what I've always tried to do. My my line has always been we are better together. And we have. I could have I could have made antagonists of all of our competing podcast hosting platforms, but instead I made friends of them. And I classed them all as friends, you know, from Todd and Mike and Elsie and Rob and Albert and Tom and Kev and just everyone and Justin and John over at Transist, everyone, Blueberry guys. Uh, the Podbean guys, every single one of them I count as friends because I've known them long enough now that I know we can have different opinions. I know we can sort of say, well, you know, we do this and they do that. And, you know, but you don't have to do it in a negative way. You never have. So I want to take that approach. I want, and I want it to, like, that should be as if you're an industry thinker, if you have a platform in the podcast industry, that should be your approach. Because otherwise you will get left behind. And guess what? I know people that take the more antagonist approach and I see them online and I see what they're doing and they are being left behind. They are being left behind. All right. So look, that's a bit of a deep dive. That's a bit of a, a, you know, going on one there and just kind of saying some things that I wanted to say. Okay. So make what you will of it. 
I don't want everyone to agree with me. That's cool. That's not why I'm here. If you disagree, hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Asquith. We can have a good discussion about it. You might even want to come on the show and we can chat through. That's fine. I, I would be delighted by that. All right. So yeah, just think about the industry. What can we do together to make our industry better without being antagonistic, all right? So thanks for joining me. If you enjoyed the show, mark.live slash support. Gratefully take a Moretti off anyone because I bloody love Moretti. Until the next time, enjoy yourself, look after yourself, be good, and just keep doing what you do because it does matter to those that listen and tune in and enjoy your talent. Until the next time, bye-bye for now.